join me along the broken road with the Broken Vessels podcast. Jeremiah 18.4 states, And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. This is the Broken Vessels Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Simpkins. This is a podcast where we have discussions on theological themes for the broken to bring encouragement and hope in Christ. Well, I would like to welcome you all back to the Tuesday edition of the Broken Vessels podcast, and that's along the broken road with the Broken Vessels podcast. Uh, I, I do apologize that we didn't have a Tuesday edition uh, last week, but I wasn't driving for five days, and so I didn't really have an opportunity to do this. So, but it's okay. We can take a break for a week, and that's just fine. But I do appreciate your uh, patience with me on that. I have, I have something I want to talk about a little bit today. Just I, I actually just a little bit ago was conversing with a friend about this. And, you know, as I was conversing about it, and I was kind of musing about what I'm about to talk to you about, I was like, you know what, I think that might be a good episode for the Tuesday edition of the podcast. What I want to kind of just kind of muse about and kind of talk about, opine about a little bit, and just have you maybe think about this, because I think it definitely relates to the subject of brokenness, the subject of our sin, the subject of the world that we live in, and the correlation of that to the world that Christ was born into, and the world that Christ is here in now today, and the way that that who Christ is has been skewed in many ways in the world that we now live in today. I, I want to pose a scenario for you. Let's pretend that Jesus came as the incarnation in the 21st century. Let's think about what that would be like in this world. Jesus being born in the 21st century and doing his ministry in the 21st century. Uh, let's Let's pretend that 30, 31 years ago, Jesus was born into this world. And he is now in the midst of his ministry of, of preaching repentance to the world and preaching the good news to his sheep, calling his sheep by name. Let's think about what that might look like in this world. So if Jesus were to utilize the, uh, the ways in which he would disseminate his message today, more than likely, he would probably have a Twitter account, a Facebook account, probably a YouTube account, and very possibly could even have a TikTok account. Now, imagine him giving the Sermon on the Mount and putting that out on Twitter or Facebook or podcast or a YouTube video on YouTube. Now, in that scenario, what do you think the comment section would look like in response to the things he said. And I'm not as concerned with the response that 
the world at large or in general would have? Because I actually think more than likely the response would be from a lot of folks, it would be just like, wow, this is, this is amazing. These things he's saying are just phenomenal. And many would just be enthralled with him. And it, it, just as the multitudes followed him, to the Sea of Galilee and followed him all over all over the uh, Judean countryside and even into Jerusalem. I'm sure Jesus's follower count would be quite large. He, he'd have a lot of subs, let's put it that way, and he would be making an impact on folks. Now he he would also be saying some of those hard sayings that he said that where people were going to be like oh man I'm totally unfollowing this guy now he's saying some stuff that I'm not sure I can handle and that may be the case as well but then he would have his his actual real disciples and followers that would follow him and would continue to follow him now this is what I'm thinking about I'm thinking about what do you think the response of what I would call the evangelical religious elite or, you know, if you were to look at the evangelical religious system that we have right now, which I know this doesn't exactly correlate in the same way as, you know, Judaism to Christianity, because obviously, you know, Christ came to bring Christianity, right? And evangelicalism is Christianity. But kind of think through this with me. What If Jesus were to be here today and he had a Twitter account and he shared the things that he shared, and he talked about the things that he talked about, and he brought, he hung around the people that he hung around with. Let's say he did that today. What do you think the response of the evangelical Christian religious leadership in this country and in this world, what do you think that response would be? Just think about that a little bit. Something that I thought about in my mind is I think, man, if Jesus did what he did then, now, said the things that he said then, now, hung around with the people that he hung around with then, now, they would try to eviscerate him on Twitter. I, dude, I've seen some of these people in the way that they comment on people's platforms on Twitter when they share messages of grace when they share really the message of the gospel in the way that Jesus shared it, when when they share and maybe even hang out with the types of people that Jesus hung out with, they get eviscerated on Twitter or on YouTube or on Facebook or TikTok or what what have you. And I think of, dude, they would do the exact same thing to the Son of God today that the Pharisees did to him in the first century. And that just breaks my heart. And the question I I have is it's like well I guess it's not a question. I don't I guess the reality is this. Human nature doesn't change. Only the Holy Spirit can change human nature. And that's in God's hands and it's within his power to do so when he wills to do so. But it is very sad that we still are dealing with the same problems in Christianity that even Jesus Christ himself dealt with, and that is overzealous, pietistic, pharisaical, judgmental Pharisees who think that they are better than you, who think that their life is better than you, and who will 
point their finger and look their nose down on you and want nothing to do with you. But then a guy like Jesus would come along and he'd be like, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. And my grace is going to be here for you and it's going to be sufficient for you. And man, people like us that are broken vessels, people like us that are hurt and have hurt and are hurting, we ourselves have caused others pain because of our sin. We have been hurt and have been caused pain by other people's sins. I have a feeling that many of us, we would be going to the feet of Jesus and we would be anointing his feet with our tears and thanking him for the grace that he's shown us. And then it would be interesting to see the response on Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook on him giving us the blessing of his grace and then the response that he would get in the comments section (laughs) to giving and showing that grace to those sinners that come to him. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, we are broken vessels. That's the theme of this podcast. A broken vessel was useless. The vessel broke. It was considered to be useless in the time of Christ, in, in, in Old Testament times. It was considered something to be thrown in the trash. But you know, we have a God who doesn't think like us. And he sees value in that broken vessel. And not only that, he knows he has the power to transform that vessel into something that will bring him glory and bring much usefulness to his kingdom. And that's what he does when he picks us up out of the trash heap and he fills those cracks in and he reshapes us and he molds us into something beautiful. And it's not anything that we did at all. It's just him. What grace and love that is. And then what would those in the religious leadership and the religious elite say to him? That's stupid. What are you doing that for? That thing's useless. That's a lot of what many of us have dealt with in our lives. Many of you have dealt with that kind of thing in your lives. I was talking to another friend today, and we were we were talking a little bit about the you know the deconstruction movement today that we see that's somewhat prominent, and many in the church are decrying. You know, why is this happening? Why are people leaving the faith? And I did make the point that, you know, I said, brother, sometimes I don't think it's that people are deconstructing from God. I think a lot of them are just deconstructing from bad Christianity, from the, the, the kind of going back in the direction of the Pharisees. And people are just wore out by it. And they're like, I'm, I'm kind of over this. Now, is there a sense in which people can apostatize and walk away and it would have been a situation where maybe they were never really saved at all that may be very possible you know there is a sense in which that is possible but I, I even think those that sometimes are disillusioned even with their faith it could just even be like a season that they're going through because of the hurt that they've received from People like the Pharisees, and they're just like, they don't know how to handle it or process it. What's the solution to that? The solution is the good news of the gospel, just as it is for all of us. The, the real message of Jesus, the message that would get him eviscerated on Twitter, 
the message of grace, the message of hope, the message of God's love. You know, Jesus, he today, he, he would say, you know what? Even though you're, you seem to be a broken vessel that's not really good for anything, I, I don't see that. And even in your sin, I still find value in you. And not because of you, but because I choose. I choose you to love you and to give you my name. And not only that, but I'm going to die for that sin that has condemned you to hell. I'm going to go die for that. And you know what? They they would they would crucify him today. Maybe not in the same sense as he was crucified in the first century, but in some way, shape, or form, they would find a way to crucify him today. And he would do the same thing today that he that he did for us in the first century. If if, if today were the day that he were here to bring salvation, and that to come and to save the brokenhearted and to set the captives free. I just, I thought that was something that just, it was on my mind. And, and, and I just thought, we in the church who know Christ, we who understand the gospel, brothers and sisters, we got to keep pouring that good news all over people. On Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, TikTok, whatever it may be. In our in our daily conversation with folks, we need to be pouring that all over people that are hurting and and, and are are lost and disillusioned in the, in the sin that does so easily beset us. And we need to bring the message of hope and good news of who Christ is for them, just as He brought that to the people of His day. And you know, I. I, I some of the harshest words that Jesus ever had for anybody, it wasn't for the everyday schlubs like us that were tripping all over ourselves and screwing up all the time. He de- he definitely did have a message of go and send no more for those folks. But the harshest words that he had were for the guys who thought they were holier than everyone else and walked around with the tassels and the phylacteries. Uh, The people that walked around with their big, huge Bibles and in their three-piece suits and went to all the conferences. The people that got up and gave elaborate prayers in front of everyone to show how spiritual they were. The people that say to people like you and me, you may not even really be saved. Because you struggle so much. Look at my life and how wonderful I am. I think Jesus would have the same kind of words for them that he had for the people back then that did the same thing. Uh, He would very possibly call them good-looking graves, whitewashed tombs with dead men's bones inside. I have a feeling he might call them uh, serpents. And... I very am very sure he'd be calling them hypocrites. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you may have been hurt by some of these kind of people. There's people people in Jesus' day that were hurt by those people too. But one of, some of the best words that Jesus ever shared with those of us that have had to carry some of those burdens was this, Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
take my yoke upon you and learn of me because I'm gentle and lowly at heart and find rest for your souls. He did that because of the burdens that were laid upon people by the religious elite, the religious leaders of that day. That, that gospel message of coming to Christ and, and taking his yoke, that's the same message of the gospel that we have today. That message is here for you. That message is here for me. And that's the message that we need to listen to and the message that we need to proclaim. And the rest of it is just white noise. Let's keep that in mind as we continue to travel this broken road. And always remember that it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Not all of the things that we do and not the list of things that we can check off as being what pharisaical type people would say, oh, well, that's that's proof right there that Jesus saves you. Now, the, the, the proof is in who Christ is and the faith that we have in him and looking at him, hoping in him. That's the proof. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Thanks for joining me today over the broken road. And we'll see you on Thursday for the regular podcast. And we'll see you again on Tuesday for another episode as I'm driving along the broken road here on the Broken Vessels podcast.